want to experience you this morning. Father, we fix our eyes on you this morning. We thank you, Lord, that your presence is here to move in every single life. God, I thank you, Lord, that you are Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. We thank you for healing manifesting today, Father, in people's minds, in people's bodies, in people's relationships, in Jesus' name, in people's finances. God, we thank you, Lord, that you desire, Father, that, Father, you are Christ in us, the hope of glory, God. So we thank you, Lord, that the manifest presence of your and your, uh, your power this morning is showing up in our lives, God. In Jesus' name, we lift up our gates. Father, we lift up our heads. Oh, ye gates, lift up ye heads, oh, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. The Lord God strong and mighty, the Lord God strong in battle. Father, thank you that as we worship you, as we fix our eyes on you, that you fight every battle for us this morning, God. In Jesus' name. Father, we set our hearts in expectation for what you want to do this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. stand before the presence of a holy God this morning. We don't know, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are fixed on you. <laughs> we have not gone this way before. We thank you, Lord, for an invitation to draw closer to you. We accept your invitation this morning, Jesus. Thank you for the invitation to draw closer. We're not worthy to be in the presence of such a holy God, yet he calls us closer to him. Thank you for the invitation. Holy Father, thank you for your invitation. Holy Father, we accept your invitation. Holy Father, we accept your invitation. Holy Father, your presence is in the room. And you're calling us closer. We accept your invitation. We accept your invitation. We lay aside our own fears, God, and fix our eyes on you. We accept your invitation. Help us to see the light of your glory. Help us to see the light of your glory. Help us to see the light of your glory. Help us to see the light of your glory.
I'll let your worship rise right here. Right here, right here. As he's still in the room. Let your sounds arise. Let your sounds arise. Let your sounds arise. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Let your sounds arise. Let your sounds arise. He inhabits the praises of his people. Let your sounds arise today. Push through the tension. Push through the discomfort and let a sound arise. Let a sound arise. He's calling us into a deeper relationship. Let a sound arise. Spirit of the living God, we invite you in this morning. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh. We are in the time where he is pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. Will you receive it today? Will you receive it today? Will you receive it this morning? Ramando seke. Coria bando sie kere bebe seke. Ramando sia rara baba bando saya. Roko toria rara baba seke. Reketeria rara baba bando sia. Ramando sia rara baba bando se. Roko ria rara baba basoko. Hallelujah. Such a holy moment. Come on, church, let's just raise our hands up to God right now. He is high and lifted up, and our eyes are on him. So just in your own words, start worshiping the king. We honor you, King. We adore you. We worship you, God. Sing holy. So holy, holy. 
tomorrow we just hands up to the high sing holy you are so
revelation of your holiness, God. Holy, holy, holy. Oh, your holiness is beautiful and blinding. The light of your glory so beautiful it's all our eyes can see say something to him. Yeshua, we love you. Yeshua, we honor you. Yeshua, we Isn't it? 
Come on, let's just lift our hands up all across this place. Those who are joining online, welcome you just in this moment. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, God, for your presence that's with us. I just take a moment or two here right now just before him. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this season. God, we thank you for what you are stirring in our hearts. We thank you for awakening. God, we thank you for personal revival that leads to corporate revival, that leads to community revival. We thank you for the waves of your spirit and all that you want to do. And God, I thank you that we are those who say yes. One of the powerful things about worship is that we become what we behold just one of the principles of the kingdom that what you look at, what you put your focus on, what you put your attention on, that you become more like that. That's why it's so important that we behold him. It's so important that we seek his face because we become what we behold. So even in this moment as we're worshiping, when you learn to just worship, God does a work in you. He transforms you. He does things that you may not even realize until later what he was doing in your heart. I just feel so much God's just working in hearts right now. He's healing hearts right now. There's freedom right now in this place. And so if you would join me today in just saying, God, I want just work in my heart. It's kind of like when David prayed in the psalm, he said, create in me a clean heart, oh God, renew a right spirit in me. It's kind of that kind of spirit where it's like, God, just work in my heart. Just, just ask him right now. Just say yes to his work in your heart today. Say yes to what he's stirring and yes to what he's doing. We say yes, God. Thank you, Father, we become what we behold. And I thank you that we are becoming more and more like you even as we behold you. Thank you for this work in us today, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And everyone who agreed today said, amen. Well, if you, if you want to find your seats... We're going to stay right in this atmosphere and we, uh, we'll move right into the word. But before we do that, we, uh, we've got a baptism today. And uh, so we just give us a sec. We're going to have to, I think the team's just getting stuff shifted and set up. Just making sure that things are good to go. We're excited for it. Our hearts do baptism every month. Uh, just see people come uh, in doing that. So uh, 
give us a moment here where uh, the format was a little different today, so we had to make a last-minute shift on the, there we go. Please don't fall in the tank, Justin. As you're really close to that edge, Alice. Let's just do this. Just, just as the team's still getting stuff set up. We don't need music all stuff. Let's just, just welcome the Lord. Just set our hearts. God's just moving. There's just such a rich presence of God today. We love you today, Lord. God, you're so good. God, you're so awesome. God, you are so holy. And Lord, I thank you that we're going ways maybe we haven't gone before. We're going ways of, of being in your presence, God. But it's knowing you and then it's making you known to others. And Lord, we thank you. Even with baptism is a, a public declaration of our faith. It's a public declaration that we're following you. And so, uh, so let me uh, turn the floor over to Pastor Jair. Why don't you join me in welcoming Pastor Jair. Well, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Holly and cold water. How's everybody doing? Good. So, yeah, one more Sunday for many, a special Sunday for Justin as we celebrate his baptism. So, Justin, you can come in. I just want to get baptized today to show that if the Lord can keep me faithful every day and help me get through tough times, he can help everyone else in this room and everyone watching at home. And we just got to stay faithful. Amen. In other words, how many of you guys need baptism? There you go. I saw a hand. I'm going to keep my eyes on you. <laughs> Amen. Come on, let's just give him a hand again today. That was awesome. Sorry, leave it open if anybody else wants to jump in. Anybody else want to get baptized? Everybody look around, I was like, uh, oh, man, well, if you want to, you let us know. All right, so. Uh, I need, uh, usually, Matthew, can you grab my, uh, yeah, the computer in the podium for me? Yeah, I don't need the hot drink, though. That's, I don't know who that is. It might be my wife's. All right, so we're good. Awesome. Thank you, sir. How about you? I love baptisms. 
Amen. Isn't that good? So praise God. All right. Well, thank you guys. Appreciate it on the worship front. So let's pray. And um, as we said, we wanted to flow right into the, the message today. So Father, we come before you today in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you just for this opportunity we've had to be here. Lord, we thank you for just what you're doing. We thank you for what you're stirring. Lord, we thank you for awakening. And Father, I pray that uh, even today there will be an awakening in each one of our hearts. There will be an awakening in our lives. And uh, there will just be a fresh awakening, God, that, that touches and impacts each person. And so we thank you for this in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed said, amen. Amen. Well, good afternoon, everybody. It's good to see you guys. Um, I definitely want to just give a quick welcome to anyone who's visiting with us today. Uh, maybe you came for the baptism or maybe you've just come for the first time. Other than that, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. We are so honored to have you. And uh, what we'd ask is at the end of service, if you go out those doors and go to your left, we have something called the Connect Table. It's just an opportunity where we want to be able to greet you, to say hello, and to be able to uh, give you a gift. And it's just a special gift for us to say thank from us to you. No strings attached, just to say thank you for joining us. So if you want to check that out. I also want to ask as a church if we can continue in this month as we're pressing in for what God's doing to really be praying for our upcoming encounter weekends. So we have the encounters coming up. The ladies are in two weeks. We've been doing a lot of prep for that. The ladies is full, but completely capped for the encounter. So it's full. And then the week after that, we've got the men's encounter. And, uh, and we still got some space on the men's encounter. So guys, I really want to encourage you. Uh, you know, we live in a culture right now that talks a lot about like self-care, investing in yourself, improving yourself. And you know, the best thing you can invest in is your walk with God. And I promise you, this weekend will be an amazing, amazing investment. It's a life-changing investment. And so I really, really, because you know, sometimes, especially for guys, we're kind of like, ah, oh, I don't know. And, and so, but it's a Friday night, it's a Saturday, we eat together, we pray together, we worship together. There's guys who come in here, just pray over you, and you will watch your spiritual walk. If you come with the right heart, you watch your spiritual walk just go to a whole new level. And so I really want to encourage you to sign up ASAP, because we're getting things together for that. The ladies is already full, but if you missed one, or you can't do it this time, we have more coming up. So we will do them later in the year as well, too, because these are things we regularly do. I want to talk to you today about, uh, I want to continue to talk about our series we're in, which is Awakening. Everybody say Awakening. And, and the journey we've been on so far this year and kind of the progression God's had us in is that obviously we started the year with prayer and fasting, just had an amazing time seeking God in January. And then we really felt the word that God gave us for 2023 was faith. So faith is just going to be, I mean, faith really should be woven into every year you ever live. But we really feel it's going to be particularly significant this year that God wants to speak to us, to stir our hearts regarding faith, to do things in our hearts. And we, we were talking about some different elements and we really started leaning because I think one of the big things that God wants us to believe him for this year is in the air that faith for a move of God. And so we've talked about faith for a move of God and that's really sparked this series or this month talking about awakening. Because there's different terms or different phrases that can be used when you talk about a move of God. Some people can talk about awakening. Other people use the term revival. Other people use the term outpouring. There's a lot of different terms or phrases that we can use, but they all really mean the same thing, which is when God shows up. And when God shows up in unusual way and ways and lives are changed and transformed. And so in this, even last week, we took time talking about the power of meeting with God. The importance of meeting with God, the power of meeting with God. I shared with you some of my stories, key moments in my life where I met with God and how it changed my life. 
And there's a call and a challenge for each one of us to open our hearts up in this season to fresh meetings with God. Maybe you'd be listening to me and you think, I've never really feel like I've actually met with God. I don't even know exactly what that means. I want to encourage you. God wants you to meet Him. Something that's real, something that's tangible. It's not going to look the same for every person. I'm not going to tell you today this is exactly how it's going to look because what I've learned about God is as soon as we try and put Him inside a box, He just says, no, I'm just going to do it another way. Because He doesn't want us looking for formulas, but He wants us in faith. And as soon as we start trying to figure out the formula, God says, no, I want to get you back in a place of faith, which is trust, which is stepping out, which is going into new territory. And so this is what God is doing where he's taking us. But my heart is to challenge all of us to believe for meetings with God, to believe when we're here together, but also in your own life, in your own way, in your own place, that each one of us will have our own personal history, will have our own stories of meeting with God. And so... In this, because I've just we've been in this theme, and I've been praying and thinking about it and going through it. I I, I was really thoughtful. I, I'm kind of my my radar's up. I'm I'm on the look, and I'm just seeing different stories where people talk about meeting with God. Because we talked about it last week. Anyone who's got relationship with God, you start talking to them, and you get below the surface. You start to hear about meetings with God. If you look in the scriptures, we see there were meetings with God. You look in church history. People will talk about meetings with God. Even in this present day, there's these meetings with God. And so I came across a a story, because I just love stories. I love hearing people's journey of meeting with God, because you hear it with someone else, it inspires faith in you. That's the power of a testimony. So there's a a minister and an author named Georgian Banoff. And I I, I came across him sharing his testimony of when he first met with God. And I just want to read it to you, because it encouraged me. I think it will encourage you as well. So he said this, he started off, he said, during the Jesus movement, you remember last week we talked about the Jesus movement, and it was kind of in the 60s into the 70s, but he said, during the Jesus movement, they used food to witness to me. After my risky escape from communism, I made it to California as a refugee, now free to pursue my dreams. But the truth is, I was looking for something beautiful, fulfilling, and nothing was turning out the way I thought it should. I walked Hollywood's Walk of Fame and saw drug dealers and prostitutes everywhere. I even witnessed winos vomiting on the side, uh, stars on the sidewalk. I thought, wow, I risked my life to get here? This is not worth living and dying for. God waited for my dreams to crash. Sometimes it's the best thing that can happen to you. Your dreams crash, so you start to see what God wants you to see. And then he introduced me to some young, young hippies on the streets. It was the tail end of the Jesus movement in the early 70s, and revival was breaking out among many young people. This group in particular went on the streets every day sharing the joy and peace they'd found in Jesus. They also ran a house for people recovering from drug and alcohol abuse. Every time I saw them, they said things like, Jesus loves you, he really does, and he died for you. I remember thinking, what kind of drugs are they on? They would smile and look at me with dreamy stares. I think I realized, I think they realized this Bulgarian guy's love language was food. I may have been a total atheist, but I was also broke and always famished. So they invited me to come and eat with them. I certainly did not believe in anything they were talking about, but I was happy to join them for a good meal. After two months, I finally said to myself, I can't do this anymore. I don't believe a word they're saying about this Jesus. I'm just eating their food. It's time to go down to Hollywood and pursue my career in rock music, but out of respect for all their efforts, I'll give it a chance just in case there's some truth to what they're saying. Wanting to be alone, I followed some trails that took me up one of the nearest mountains. Unsure of what to do or say exactly, my mind was going crazy. What are you doing? 
How can you talk to someone you don't believe is there? This is so stupid. I don't know what to say. I thought, great, a perfect question. It'll prove that he really doesn't exist. Go ahead. Say it and get over with. So alone on that mountaintop, I said out loud, certain that no one could hear me, God, do you exist? Boom. As soon as I uttered those words, something happened. It felt as if I got covered by a canopy or a blanket of some sort. I was stunned. I could feel someone or something all around me. Even the acoustics of the mountain air changed. The presence that surrounded me became thicker and more palpable, and I began to shake. What is happening, I cried out. Suddenly, the revelation that God actually exists ran through me like a lightning bolt. All my life, I listened to communist lies. They lied about everything. It should have dawned on me they'd lie about God too. It was unmistakably true. God does exist. I shook so hard that I fell down into the dirt. I shook and cried all day on that mountaintop, merely from the discovery that there really is a God. Who are you, I cried out. What are you? I I can't see you, but I can tell that you are there. The more I talked, the thicker the presence became. I was crying loudly, desperately wanting to know this invisible God whose presence I could somehow feel. I had an overwhelming desire to know everything immediately. Hours passed. Finally, I realized it was starting to grow dark and cold. While there was still enough light to find my way down the mountain, I knew that I had to go to the house where the Jesus people were. My eyes were swollen from crying all day. They opened the front door, took one look at me, and smiled knowingly. Ah, Georgian, come on in. This time, I didn't go to the kitchen to eat their food. I joined them in the living room where they played their music and because I now understood the joy of worshiping the invisible God. Isn't that cool? See, that's, that's the story. That's, that's, that's someone meeting God. Now, does it always have to look that way? I mean, this is pretty spectacular. You go up a mountaintop, you ask God, do you exist? And boom, it's like this presence surrounds you. But here's the point. I'm not here to encourage you that it has to look a certain way today. I'm actually telling you, don't put it inside a box. Don't decide what it's going to look like. Just have a heart of openness and say, God, I want to meet with you. And it could be something loud. It could be something totally quiet. It could be something very demonstrative. It could be something that's just so simple. It's just that, as we talked about, that still small voice. But God wants to meet with you. God wants you to live in a place of his presence. And yeah, there's faithfulness and walking out what God's called for us. But we, I think we've we've settled for so far below of what God has where he says, I want you to know me. I want you to experience my presence. And so what I'd like to do today is I want to go into the scriptures to find a, a, a passage where someone met with God. And I believe in this passage, it will teach us and it will show us some things that are key if we want to be people and we want to create this atmosphere of meeting with God. So I want you to turn with me to Isaiah 6, 1 to 8. And we're going to read the passage and then we're just going to talk about it a little bit. 6 verse 1, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me, for I am lost. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal, which he'd taken from the tongs of the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. 
send me. And so, Father, we just ask, even as we have a few moments to talk about your word today, Lord, I pray that we will see you in a new way. Lord, we'll see you in a new way. It will transform us. And, Lord, that we will hear, even as you say to us, who will go, who can I send for me, God? We will have that heart that says, here am I, send me. I want to start with that portion of, of the verse right there at the end where it talks about here am I, send me. Because obviously the Lord is asking, who will go for us? Who can I send? And Isaiah steps forward and he says, here am I, send me. In other words, he says yes. He says yes to God. And my heart has been so stirred, even as we've been in this time as a church, in my prayer times, in my message preparation times, my heart has been stirred because I'm saying, God, I want to be somebody who says yes to you. God, I want Toronto City Church to be filled with people who say yes. I want us to be a church family that says yes. In the essence, what Isaiah said was he said yes. Here am I, send me. And I want us to be those people. I want us to be that church. I want us to be those who say yes. Come on, somebody say yes. And so what I want to do is I want to talk about some things out of this passage. We're going to go back through it because I want to talk about some heart postures of someone who would say yes to God. I want to talk about some of the attitudes of someone who would be saying yes. Attitudes and things that I believe we need to embrace. Things that we need to hold in our hearts so we can be those who say yes to him. So let's go back through it. Verse 1, it says, in the year that King Uzziah died. Let's start there, in the year that King Uzziah died. I don't know how many of you are familiar with King Uzziah. It's maybe not one of the most famous kings in the Bible that we know about. But he has a very interesting and at the end a tragic story of a king. Because when we go, you go through the book of Kings, you go through the book of Chronicles, it talks about the different kings in Israel and in Judea. And invariably, one of the key themes when you read through it is there are kings who served God with their whole heart, who had a heart for God and a heart for what he was doing. And then there were kings who did not. And as went the king and his heart for God, so went the nation. And it's hard to read in some regards. It's, it's up and down. And it can be a little depressing because there would be this king that has a heart for God. And then you have this king who didn't have a heart for God. And this king who's even more wicked. And then this king who's even more wicked. And so along came King Uzziah. And King Uzziah was the king who had a heart for God. If you read his story, he was a king. There was many good things that he did. He had this heart for God. He was noted in the scripture of God. But then somewhere along his journey, because what happened is he had a heart for God. And God blessed him. But then as the blessing came, Uzziah didn't know how to handle it. And the Bible says that his heart came up in pride. And so even though he started with a heart for God, he got taken out by pride. And his story actually ended sadly because of his pride. There's nothing in the scriptures that are there by accident. And I think it's, it's interesting because Isaiah actually had relationship with King Uzziah. And I'm not saying today that it's just because King Uzziah died that God appeared to him. But there's something here in the scripture. I think if we're going to be people that are awakened, people that encounter God, one of the first things that we need to understand is that pride needs to die. Pride will hold us back from encountering God. Pride will hold us back from meeting with God. I mean, it's interesting, even the testimony I read to you from you know, George and Banoff, where he shared, there was, there was a humility where he said, I don't even believe this stuff, but I'm going to go up, I'm going to give it a chance. 
And he went up, he did. But pride is insidious, and pride will hold you back. Pride will hold me back from what God wants to do and where God wants to take us and all that God has for us. And so it's so important that if we're going to be people who walk this journey that God has, that we deal with pride in our lives. So I think God's been talking to us so much about humility and embracing humility in our lives and even saying, let's not even pretend we know exactly what it looks like to be humble. Because I've been joking the last couple of weeks, some of us are pride, prideful about how humble we are. It's just, well, I'm so humble. I'm more humble than you. No, let's just put all that aside and that we would embrace humility. James 4 verse 6 says this, but he gives more grace. Therefore it says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Think about that, guys. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I was thinking about this because I was thinking, I don't want God to oppose me. I don't want to end up in a situation where God, and I started trying to put a picture because I thought, well, God still loves us, so why does he oppose us? And the picture I got is always remember, you see God through the filter of a father. And as a father with my children, there might be certain things, if I recognize they're not ready for it, they're not prepared for it, their heart isn't in the right place, I will withhold something from them or not necessarily allow them to do something, not because I ultimately don't want to, but I recognize they're not ready, their heart's not where it needs to be. And in the same way, when we have pride in our hearts, we have pride in our lives, it puts us in a position where God opposes us instead of there being grace. And we don't want to be in that place. We want to have this heart and this hunger for God. We want, But humility is key in this season. Everybody say humility. I want you to look into your life right now. Because this is one of the funny things with pride. When you're prideful, often you don't think you're prideful. If you're prideful, you don't know it. You don't even realize that you're prideful. But that we would wage war. Pride has to die. Pride has to die for us to see the Lord the way we need to see the Lord. And as long as we keep pride alive, we are not going to see God the way we need to see God. Now, dying is not easy. Again, I'm not talking about physical death. I'm talking more about a spiritual death. I remember I was saying to our first service crowd, I remember there was a season in my life where there was a lot going on. And God gave me the word, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it will fall to the ground and die, it will bear much fruit. And I got so excited about that word because all I heard was much fruit. And I was like, yes, I was excited about the much fruit. I was just was locked in. I mean, I just, that's why I heard much fruit. And then the dying started. And I was like, this is hard. This hurts. What's going on? And God's like, I told you. See, we want the much fruit part, but there's this dying. There's some things that have to be laid down. There's some things we have to die to. And one of the things that has to die is pride has to die. And then this season, we'd ask the Lord to show us, Lord, show me, where's there pride in my heart? That we ask as a church, God, show us where there's pride in our lives. Show us where we have pride. Because we don't want in any way to be in opposition to you. See, when you are humble and you humble yourself, you put yourself in a place to receive. When you're prideful, you think you have it yourself. Dylan Maurice, a gentleman named Mark Holick wrote actually out some questions that we can ask ourselves to dig a little deeper and see if there's pride in our heart. Let me read you some of these questions. I encourage you to consider them. Do I regularly think of myself as more spiritually mature than others in my life? 
Number two, do I struggle to humbly learn from others, especially those who have lower education or experience than me? Number three, am I quick to find fault with others and to verbalize those thoughts to others? Number four, do I frequently correct or criticize others? And some of that can be outward. I know for myself, it's that internal critical voice. Number five, do I have a hard time admitting to God or others when I'm wrong? No, never. Number six, do I tend to be controlling of my spouse, my children, my friend, those in my workplace? Number seven, do I neglect genuine heartfelt prayer, worship, and time in the word of God? Number eight, do I get easily hurt if my accomplishments or acts of service are not recognized or rewarded? Number nine, is it hard for me to let others know when I'm in need of help, practical or spiritual? Number 10, am I sitting here thinking how many of these questions apply to somebody I know? And feeling very good that none of these questions actually apply to me. Come on, somebody say pride needs to die. That's part of the journey. It's not just like a one-time thing. I wish... Because I've, 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 one of the things I know, we all, we all get, we need to know ourselves. We need to have self-awareness and we all have areas of strength, areas of weakness. And we all need to understand where the enemy might attack us. And I know for myself, one of the things I've learned over the years is that pride is one of those areas I have to stay very guarded in. I have to stay very cautious in because I know in myself I can be given to pride. So my prayer is, Lord, help me to embrace humility. And it's an ongoing journey. Of walking in humility. Will we let pride die? Will we embrace humility in this season? Why? Because we want to see him. You know that song that says, open the eyes of my heart, I want to see. We want to see him. I keep reading here. So it says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne. High and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. The second thing I want to talk about is seeing God. So we're, we're, we're talking about being people that are meeting with God. We're talking about creating the kind of heart and saying yes to God. Because I just want to be someone who says yes to God. I want to say, I'm going to, no matter what, no matter what's going on, I want to say yes to him. So, so first we're saying pride's got to die. we got, we got to lay it down. we got to die to our pride. And let it go. But then secondly, we see, I saw the Lord. And there's this heart that God wants to birth in us. He said, God, I really want to see you. And when it talks about seeing the Lord, it's talking about like really knowing God. You know today, there's a difference between knowing God and knowing about God, right? Right? There, there's a lot of people I know about. There's famous people that you know about, especially in today's age with social media and kind of all this stuff. You could know a lot about somebody, but if you bump into them in the street, they don't know you, you don't know them. If you act like you know them, you end up looking kind of foolish. But see, the God of the universe, he doesn't just want us to know about him. He doesn't just want us to relate to him through somebody else's relationship. He says, I want you to know me. I want you to have relationship with me. I want you to see me. Again, I, I referenced that song we sang for many years. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. See you high and lifted up. 
shining in the light of your glory. I mean, it really is coming out of this Isaiah passage. But I want to encourage you in this season, set your heart to see God. Again, what, what does that mean? Again, when we talk about open the eyes of our heart, I'm not necessarily talking about our natural eyes, even though maybe some of us have an experience where we have a vision or we see something. But again, don't try and make it. Don't try and fit it into a box. Open the eyes of my heart that's open to my spiritual eyes. God, I want to see you. I want to see more of what you're about. I want to see more of who you are. I want to see more of your character. I want to see more of how you great you are and how amazing you are, how holy you are. But it starts with having a desire and praying a prayer and saying, God, I want to see you. Yo, it's interesting, even that testimony, I keep going back to it, that I read to you. Right? There was this passion saying, he said, I don't even want to believe you, but I'm going I'm to put some steps in place. I'm going to put myself in a place. I'm going to do something about this. Because I have a heart to see you. The Apostle Paul would talk about having a spirit of wisdom and revelation that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened. And I believe God wants to release a spirit of wisdom a spirit of revelation for anyone who says, God, I want to see you. So often, guys, straight up, and I'm guilty of this. I think we can all be guilty of this. Is we kind of create this little box and we fit God in this box in our life. And it's this is my thing I do on Sunday. And I read my Bible a little bit. And maybe, you know, I, I get really radical and I serve a little bit and I give a little bit. And God said, there's so much more to me. There's so much more I have for you. There's so much more I've called you to. You could go for all eternity and you still will not know the fullness of who I am because I'm unsearchable, I'm unimaginable, I am great beyond your wildest dreams, but I'm inviting you to know me. But who's pressing in to say, God, I want to see you? And who's just willing to sit back and go through the motions? Because God's looking for those who want to see him. Let's keep reading. So in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. The train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. With two he flew. Have you seen some of those funny memes that go around with some of these pictures of these incredible angelic beings? Eyes everywhere, wings. And we saw some of the social media. It's like people say, I want to see an angel. Then they flash the picture. People oh, I don't want to see angels. I mean, you got these beings and they're there. And they're crying out and says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Let's talk about this phrase, holy, holy, holy. Let's talk about the fact that they're crying out, holy, holy, holy. The first thing I want you to see from this, I believe this season, family, is a season for a fresh revelation of the greatness of God. This is a season for a fresh revelation of how great God is. That God is great. God is, is I mean, you know, we got these songs we sing, how great is our God. And they really come to this heart to say how great and how awesome God is. And so often what we've done, and it's interesting because it really comes down to, do we have this heart to see him for who he really is, to really know him for who he is, or do we just want a comfortable version of God that we can fit in a box, make sure we go to heaven and feel good about ourselves? I don't have it referenced for you in the scriptures, but you guys remember Mount Sinai when Moses went up on Mount Sinai. And the children of Israel were there at the bottom. And Moses was up there for 40 days and 40 nights. God gives him the Ten Commandments. God reveals himself to him. Moses comes back down and he finds the children of Israel all partying and worshiping this golden calf that they've created. You remember that, that story? Again, I, I won't even have time to read or take you through it. Most of us are familiar with that story. And he goes to Aaron, who is this, you know, the high priest, and he says, like, what happened? 
And Aaron, I mean, one of the lamest excuses you got in the Bible, he says, so I, they gave me gold, I threw it in the fire, the calf came out. That's just, that's what happened. But what's interesting is if you actually go into the text, when they begin to worship the golden calf, Aaron said, Israel, this is Yahweh who delivered you from Egypt. They were not at the bottom of the mountain worshiping another god. What had happened was they created their own image, which they weren't supposed to do, of something they were familiar with and comfortable with because this being on the mountain of fire, that was way too much for them, so they created something that they are comfortable with. Because if we dig a little further into it, family, God actually didn't want Moses to go up the mountain and everybody else to stay at the bottom. He actually said, I want you all to know me. I want every one of you to know me. And then he descended in power and glory. And the people of Israel said to Moses, they said, this is freaking us out. We don't want to go near God in case we die. Moses, you go to God. You come back and you tell us what he said. And so what happened is it set up this dynamic where Moses ascended the mountain. He experienced God for who God really was. The children of Israel stayed at the bottom of the mountain. And what they did was they made an idol or an image of God that was comfortable and easy for them to handle. And God's calling us to this journey, and I want to encourage you in this, the holiness, his greatness, knowing him for who he is, and how great and awesome he is. Or else we do is we reduce him into this little box that says, bless me, make my life easy, make my life nice, and don't, don't inconvenience me too much. And guys, that's where a lot of us get stuck. And yet there's this call to go up the mountain. And so in this season, God wants to reveal his greatness because he's so great. The, the living creatures, and you can go into Revelation, and it talks about the living creatures are crying, holy, holy, holy. Elders are casting down their crowns before the throne. The building is shaking. I mean, it's just this incredible scene. I remember hearing someone share a testimony who actually had a vision and went to heaven. And they said, you know why they cry out, holy, 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 over and over again? They said, because every time they pass the throne, they see another aspect of God's greatness. They see another aspect of how powerful he is, and they can't help but cry out, holy, holy, holy. So when we commit to let pride die, we commit to a heart to see God, then we begin to truly see his greatness as we've never seen it before. Furthermore, I want to catch this because this holy, holy, holy part speaks to me of the greatness of God. It also speaks to me of the fear of the Lord. And I believe this is a season more than ever that we've got to dig deep and we've got to hold on to the fear of God in our lives. Now what's the fear of God? The fear of God is not being afraid of God. We talk about this at different times. But the fear of the Lord is to have an awe, a respect, a wonder for God. Because watch this. This is how it goes. When you see how great God is, you understand, like, this is not your genie in the sky who just gives you blessings. Right? You understand, Jesus is not your homeboy. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of the universe. And the more you see his greatness, the more there's an awe and a respect for who he is that grows in your heart. If you make God into an idol that you are comfortable with, that just suits your needs, there's no fear of the Lord because you've reduced him down to something that you can box and you can understand. But if you pursue his greatness, then you start to grow in this fear of the Lord. I want to encourage you, there's a new book, John Bevere is an author that's impacted me a lot, and a speaker, and he's released a new book called The Awe of God. He wrote another book on the fear of the Lord years ago, and this is kind of, he said, it's like part two. But it just, it's this call that the awe of God would come back in our lives in a new way. So we may do something publicly on it at some point, do something as a church, but you can go grab the book. You can go on Amazon, get the book. I, I highly recommend because we need the awe of God in this season. We need the fear of the Lord in our hearts. 
of what my pastor, Bishop Flynn Johnson, said. He said, the fear of God is loving what God loves and hating what God hates. That's what it is. Not being afraid of God. It's loving the things he loves. It's hating the things he loves. It's having this awe for him. So I believe in this season, for any of us who will open our hearts to it, God says, I want there to be an awe. I want there to be a holy fear. But that comes very naturally from seeing his greatness. Let's keep reading a little bit more. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me, for I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. So it's very interesting. So we see this dynamic even in Isaiah. He sees the Lord. He's impacted and awed by the greatness of God the fear of the Lord, I mean, just the holiness of God, family, because we serve a, a holy God, and it brings him to a place of recognizing his unworthiness. Now, I know, I know we're worthy in Jesus, so I'm not getting away from that, but you don't properly appreciate the worthiness that you have in Jesus if you are self-righteous and think you're worthy in yourself. Right? If, if, if we don't understand the, the, the value of the gift of forgiveness, if we think, I'm not that bad anyways. It's not that big of a deal. What does it really matter? But see, when we encounter God, when we encounter the holiness of God, it puts a light on who we really are. But then God invites us and he says, yes, you're not righteous. Your righteousness is as filthy rags. But I'm inviting you into my presence. I'm inviting you in my glory through the power of Jesus. And you are righteous in me. You are holy in me. But you only appreciate that truly when you understand who you were without it instead of being self-righteous. Guys, part of letting pride die is letting self-righteousness die. We need God every day. We need God. We, 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 where we, we would be nowhere without his forgiveness. We would be nowhere without his love. But so often, it's the same thing as Uzziah. He was blessed. God was working in his life. And pride began to rise up. He began to think, I did this. I made this happen. This is how I was all about. But when we understand and we get this, woe is me. There's this passion for holiness. There's this passion for repentance. There's this passion in our lives to saying, I want to be as close to God as I possibly can. And there's this sensitivity to the spirit. Uh, my friend, Pastor Tim Woodcock, he pastors in Burlington. I actually did an interview with him for our minister's network, which is the network of churches we're part of call, because he'd gone to Asbury. And this guy, I mean, this guy is, is he's such a good pastor. I might as well on him. I, I love this guy so much. I, he's so passionate for God. He is so deep in the word of God. I learn stuff from him all the time. Like, he's a scholar. He's in there. So he's really, and so he found God was moving to Asbury. He and some friends drove down there. And he said they got there, and he said they went in to get settled in the service. They feared to go to a hotel. He said, so they thought they stayed maybe an hour, an hour and a half. Eight hours later, he's just there. And something he said really marked me. He said, you know what I just felt? He said, I felt the holiness of God. And he said, I felt this sense in my heart. I want to live in holiness. And again, this was not someone who was like kind of backsliding, playing around with sinners, but there was something about the holiness of God. And he said, in our generation, holiness so often has met rules and regulations, and you can't do this, and you have to, you know, all the have-tos. But there's something so much more than that when we encounter a holy God, and we recognize, it's, it, see, part of it is we're living for his presence. And, and so often we've become so dulled to his presence so one of the things, when you get, there's a reason the priests used to walk barefoot in the Bible. 
They talk about all the clothes, but they walk barefoot because when you walk barefoot, there's a sensitivity. Any parent who's gone through the living room in the middle of the night and stepped on your children's Lego will know exactly what I'm talking about. Or maybe it's your Lego. <laughs> right? I'm mad. It's just because you got shoes on, though, and, and there's this sensitivity that I believe God. Because what happens is you, you're, you're knowing God, you're walking with God, you're pursuing holiness, and all of a sudden you, you, you treat somebody a certain way. And you feel that conviction of the Holy Spirit. Oh, man, God wasn't pleased with that. And, and it's not even like God's there, kind of like the big rule keeper. But it's just he's light, he's life. When sin is embraced, his presence, you choose. You, you watch something. And, and you're, so, you're, you're sensitive, you feel the Holy Spirit. You're just like, oh, this, is not, this is not pleasing to God. Let me, let me turn this off. Let me, let me move away from this. Let me change, because it's, it's this passion for holiness in our hearts. We serve a holy God. Let's not play games with sin. Let's make sure we have hearts of repentance. If something's wrong, make it right. Don't make excuses for it. Don't give reasons why it's not that big of a deal. Have the heart, because we serve a holy God. And it's not about rules and regulations. It's, just, it's an essence of who he is. But God loved you so much. He said, listen, I'm going to bless you. I'll, I'll fill you with my Holy Spirit. And I'm going to empower you to live the way I've called you to live. But all that flows out of being a place of seeing him. We become what we behold. Come on, somebody say, I want to see you. If Justin wants to come back, yeah, he, he'll make it. Just don't fall in the tank. So let's go back to, we're going to bring this to a close. So, so watch this because Isaiah recognizes his unworthiness. But verse 6, then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken from the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth. He said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. Is it interesting? In, in, this was in this moment, but it's almost like a, a prophetic picture because Jesus came. And, and if his name touches our lips and touches our heart, where we declare him as Lord in our lives, our guilt is taken away. Everything is taken away through that. But then this last part, and I want to bring it back to this, is this. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then I said, here am I. Send me. And this really brings us to the end of this kind of time of sharing, guys. We talk about the importance of Pride dying in our lives. We talk about having a heart to see God. We've talked about encountering and engaging with the holiness of God. Recognizing the fear of the Lord and the greatness of God. We talk about repentance in our hearts. But then we come to this place where God says, who will I send? Who will go? And that was the call in that moment. And, and you know, intrinsic, guys... Isaiah didn't have to say yes. Right? We kind of read these things and we kind of read through it. So you just assume. But, but there was a choice that God gave Isaiah. Isaiah could have said, oh, I know a great Jeremiah. My friend Jeremiah, he'd be great, Lord. I, I, I volunteer Jeremiah. <laughs> right? I volunteer. There's, he could have gone, but he said, here am I. Send me. There's this heart that says Yes. Will we have the heart that says yes to God? You know, I was thinking about meditating on this week because 
It's not just about paying lip service to saying yes. It's a yes that lives out in our lifestyle. It's not just a yes on Sunday in a service, even though that's good. And if your heart's saying yes today, I'm glad. I'm thankful that your heart's being stirred. But it's a yes on Sunday, but it's also a yes on Monday, a yes on Tuesday, a yes on Wednesday, a yes on Thursday, a yes on Friday, a yes on Saturday. Maybe you fall down a little bit, but you get back up and you say yes. Maybe you go through a hard week, but you pull yourself back up in the strength of Jesus and you say yes. It's people who commit to not just say yes once, but commit to a lifestyle of being saying yes, that they commit to saying no matter what, God, I I say yes. God's looking for people who say yes. God's looking for churches that will say yes. Will you be one who says yes? Will we be people who say yes? That's my prayer. Because see, a lot of times we can feel like, oh, it's just so big. I don't know. I don't understand as much. But here's your job. Your job is just to learn to say yes. Notice he didn't say I'm searching. Who will have it all figured out? No, I just said who will go. Who will say yes? Who will have all the answers? You don't need to have all the answers. He all the answers. You just have to learn to say yes. Right? Oh, who, who's got the perfect past? None of us have a perfect past. God's not looking for somebody with a perfect past. He's just looking for somebody to say yes. And if you get someone who's got a terrible past, you might be the worst candidate in your mind to be used by God. If you just learn to say yes, that's all he's looking for. Because he's got everything else. God has everything except our yes. Because he chose to let us choose to give that or not. God is looking for those who say yes in this season. God is looking for those who will say yes to humility and let pride die. God is looking for those who will say yes to pressing in to see him. God is looking for those who will say yes to a fresh revelation of his greatness. God is looking for those who will say yes to the fear of the Lord. God is looking for those who will say yes to holiness and to repentance and to a lifestyle of seeking him and pursuing him. Listen, if you're going to pursue God, there's some things you need to lay down. There's some things that maybe you can't do anymore, some places you can't can't go anymore. Maybe some relationships that need to change in your life. But the treasure and the honor of having him is worth it all. It's like in the scriptures where the man went to the field and he found a treasure. And the Bible says that he sold everything he had to buy the field. And you had a lot of people around him probably thought he was crazy. Why are you selling everything to buy that field? Why are you putting your entire life in the field? But they didn't know the treasure that was in that field. And I want you to know today there's a treasure that you need to sell everything to buy the field to get the treasure. And it's not just blessing. It's not just grace. It's not just, oh, God's plan for your life and doing this. All those things are good. But he is the treasure. And if you get him and the treasure, you get everything else. But who will say yes? Will you say yes today? Will we say yes to him? Second Chronicles 16.9, it's been a verse that's come up several times over this last season. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. This, pers- this picture just marks me. God's searching. God's looking. He's looking. Who can I show myself strong on behalf of? Who can I show up on behalf of? Who will be committed to my purposes? Who will be committed to my heart? 
who will be committed to what I've got so much for them I've got so much to pour out but I'm looking and what's he looking for he's looking for a heart that's perfect for him you know what it says to me he's not looking for somebody who's perfect because none of us are perfect if you think you're perfect let's go back to Isaiah dying all right, because the pride needs to go. None of us is perfect, but he's looking for hearts that are perfect. You know what I realize today? You know what a perfect heart is? A perfect heart is just a heart that says yes. And he takes care of everything else. So let's this. We're bringing this close. Let's bow our heads. And I just want us to go before the Lord for a few moments here before we dismiss. And Father, I come before you today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you. For this opportunity we've had to be here today. I thank you for the opportunity we've had to worship the invisible God together. Lord, I thank you for the example that Justin set by getting baptized today and just going public with his faith, God. That was so powerful. And Lord, I thank you for this word about seeing you. This word about encountering you, God. This word about being people who will say yes. And Lord, I just pray today that we will be people who say yes. Lord, I pray that I will be someone who says yes. I pray for every person under the sound of my voice that they will be someone who says yes. I pray for every person who's watching this online, who's tuning in, whether it's live right now or whether they're watching this three weeks after it's preached and they've just stumbled across this message. I pray that they will be someone who says yes to you. God, we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to have it all figured out. We don't have to have all the details, be the smartest, the best, the brightest. We just need to be people who learn to say yes and so today God we say yes we say yes just as we bring this in before the Lord I just want to ask for a simple moment of response if your heart is to be one who says yes if your heart is saying I want to be part of a church family that says yes I want to invite you just to stand to your feet where you are right now and just to raise your hands to the Lord, that we would be those who say yes. And again, if you're here today and this is all kind of new to you and you're still kind of, don't, don't feel like peer pressure, like you have to necessarily stand. There's no judgment. We're all on a journey with God. But for everyone whose heart is saying yes, that we just say yes, God. So, Father, we're just here today saying yes. We want to be those to say yes. And maybe today as we're here, I want you to see yourself before the throne of God. And maybe there's some things that need to die today. Maybe there's some things that need to change or shift. I just want you to, I want you to see yourself just laying that down before him today. Laying it down and just saying, I'm saying yes, God. Because here's something I learned. Every time you say yes to something, you're always saying no to something else. So sometimes our yes means no to something else. We say yes, God. There's worship. We get worship back as well. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you right now. Because guys, God's the one who empowers us to do it. Here's, here's the crazy thing. All God says is say yes, and I'll give you the strength. God says to us, say yes, I'll give you the wisdom. 
God says, say yes, and I'll give you the power. You say yes to me, and I will take care of everything else. So I thank you, God, for that strength, that empowerment, that we would be those who say yes to you, God. want us to seal this with a few moments of just worshiping God as we become what we behold. Trust me. 
Father, we just thank you today that we are building our life on your love. It is a firm foundation. And you will show us who you are. You will fill us. You will lead us. And I thank you, God, that we will be those who see you. God, that you will open the eyes of our heart and that we will see you in Jesus' name. And everyone who agreed said, Amen. Amen. We'll dismiss in just a second. If you just want to take your seat, I'm going to invite Pastor Samuel to come. Well, good afternoon, Toronto City Church. Thank you so much for being here. We are so grateful to see you, for you to have taken the time to be here um, with us. Um, just, yeah, thank you so much. So I want also to say um, a huge thank you to everyone who has been given. If you're a first-time visitor, um, this is a family talk. Just wanted to say thank you so much, family, for giving, taking the time um, to give. Uh, your tithes, your offering. You guys are absolutely generous. I um, wanted to remind you there's many ways to give here at Toronto City Church. You can give in person, you can give online, you can give uh, via e-transfer or through text. So thank you for your continual gen generosity. Um, yeah, and again, a reminder, if you're first-time visitors, right outside those doors, there is a, a welcome table. We want to give you a gift, and we want to make sure that you are prayed for, and then you feel welcomed. And with that said, please turn your eyes and your attention to the screen for our announcements. a few things that I wanted to pop. This Easter, everyone say Easter. Easter. It is a great opportunity to invite a friend and to fill this place up so that we can worship our king, the one who is worthy. So with that said, we will be having four services. What? Four services. Yes, we will. So we will have three in person and one online. So a 9 a.m. service, a 10.30 service, and a noon service. So save the date, invite a friend, and make sure that we fill this place up. Last thing that I wanted to remind us of is that today is the last day to apply if you are interested in the opening that we have here at Toronto, Toronto City Church for the um, uh, administrative coordinator position and job. So we have a bunch of people who apply, but if you would like to apply, Apply, please do submit your resume as today is the last day to apply. And with that said, I'm going to pass the mic to Pastor Sharon. <laughs> um, just one quick thing before we go. We're actually really, really excited um, and also quite sad that Miranda, is Miranda here? Where are you, Miranda? If you want to come up for a sec. So Miranda... 
You're going to have to run. Uh, one of our worship leaders here, one of our leadership leaders here. She's getting married. No, 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 not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. Sorry. She's like, I take that as a prophetic word. Yeah, not yet, not yet. But Miranda is headed back to the beautiful islands of Hawaii to YWAM, the YWAM base there. I think, where are you going beyond there? Um, yeah, I'm going back to Hawaii and then I'll be going back to South Africa. So she's on the mission field. She was gone. She was with us. She was gone. She was with us and she's going back again. So we want to just pray for her um, as we go. So if you can do me a favor, stand to your feet as we close. We want to just extend uh, prayer over her as she's headed back. It's there. Um, she is also, she's a missionary. So she, there are needs. So if you feel it in your heart to sow into her as she goes, you can do that. But we want to pray for her, um, and just release her back to the United States, um, as she prepares and as she goes back to South Africa. So I'm going to turn it over to my husband to pray. I just preached for 45 minutes. I got past that. I do want to pray, though. I do want to pray. <laughs> I really do want to pray. I just say, uh, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for Miranda, and we thank you for pastors who love to pray. And Father, we pray over her in Jesus' name. We thank you so much for her, God. She is such a blessing. God, even just when she was exhorting us on Friday night, there's such a depth uh, you have placed in her for worship, for preaching the word, for leadership and ministry. And we thank you that you've blessed her and she's going to be a blessing. God, she's going to be a blessing there at YWAM to everyone she comes in contact with. As she leads teams, she's going to be a blessing. Thank you, God, that she's going to see you in new ways in this season. That she is going to minister you to others, God. Just even this Isaiah call, she's going to see you. She's going to encounter your holiness. She's going to declare who you are, God. And she's going to have the heart that says, here am I, send me. And so we thank you and speak this over her in Jesus' name. Yeah, and Father, right now, we just, we just get behind you and behind the wind of the Spirit on your life and all that the Lord is stirring up and all that the Lord has stirred up as you've been here. And Father, right now, we thank you that the key goes into the ignition and Father, that the car begins to drive in a new way. I just hear the Spirit of the Lord saying that there is such a fresh outpouring of an anointing on your life for this season. So Father, we just declare, Father, that she would be oily, that she would, everywhere she goes, that the atmosphere, Father, would be so rich with your presence, with the fragrance of Christ. Father, I thank you, Father, for the days that you've called her into, the days that you've called her into that have come from the days of hiddenness. That's what the Spirit of the Lord says, that the days of his power, the days of his glory, the days of anointing are the fruit of the days of the hiddenness before the Lord. So, Father, we just bless her. We get behind her. Father, we cheer her on. Father, we thank you that no weapon formed against her will prosper. Father, that every tongue that rises against her in judgment will be shown to be in the wrong. God, we ask that you would open up opportunities. God, that you would make her voice great in the nations. Father, that you would that there would be a generation that looks to you, Miranda, and says, wow, what a hero. What an inspiration. Father, I pray right now that God you would give her a sound for a generation you would give her a sound it's like a, 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 a wind that goes and gathers them it's like these ones that sit around
around you. Father, we release that. We declare that she would be bold and courageous. Father, we declare right now that, God, she would step into every opportunity with boldness and courage because you are with her. So, Father, her church family says go for it. Her church family says run the race that is set before you. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. So we bless you, Miranda. We bless you to walk in your dreams without concern regarding finances. Father, right now I ask that, Lord, you would begin to move on the hearts of those that need to sow into her, that need to invest, so that she can do your work without the concern of finances. Take care of your child. Take care of her. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. And we thank you for a husband too, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. I was going to say, thank you for a husband. She is single, though. So if there are some serious candidates, please do step up. If you're online, please do step up. <laughs> Pastor Sam will be taking resumes. So, all right. Have a great Sunday. We love you guys. Let's keep going deeper. Thank you for being here. Have a great week.